So, hey, <laughs> welcome to the Black Create Connect podcast. You're listening to this podcast with myself, Alicia Latoya, and I have a special guest with me, Rebecca Daramola, who is the founder of GapWiz, and she's also a trainee solicitor and a part of the BCC community as well. So, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Really mm. excited to be here. No worries at all. So, first of all, like, because you're an organic member, because that's, I met you through the actual um, Black Create Connect uh, Network. Mm-hmm. When did you join the group? How did you find out about it? So I actually found out about the group through Christina. You probably, oh, yeah, yeah, she was at the um, photo shoot. Um, she's like the source of so much, like she's just well connected, like sharing stuff. Um, Shout out Christina. <laughs> I know, honestly, she's amazing and yeah. amazing at what she does. So yeah, that's how I found out. And, you know, I'm in the career space myself. Um, I've been through quite a big journey kind of jumping because I actually studied biochemistry at university Mm. and I jumped into law so I've been through a journey myself and I'm always kind of passionate about um, communities that make it easier for future generation to get into um, different fields so Mm. I definitely was going to go on it myself yeah 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 no I I love the fact that you've organically found it and yeah shout out Christina because for those that don't know Christina she's a member of probably many groups including BCC and she just connects everyone to different opportunities constantly she probably needs to be on she's the plug yeah she's honestly like an amazing plug and I'm so grateful to have her in the group um but yeah so I guess it'll be interesting to kind of start off with understanding a bit more about what you do professionally wise so you're a trainee solicitor how did you get into becoming a trainee solicitor what's that journey been like for you so far it was definitely a journey. So I actually studied biochemistry at University University of Oxford and it was like straight sciences from day one. If anyone told me in sixth form that I was going to end up being in law, I'd be like, okay. Really? Yeah, yeah like it was a really huge shift that I had to kind of adjust to. Um, but I had to first of all kind of come to terms with practical science which has been in the lab and it just wasn't for me I never enjoyed labs did my dissertation project at university didn't enjoy being in lab and it's long hours as well so really? life is short you what, know what, what made you want to go to study that in university by out of interest I like studying science I still do um, mm. I like learning about scientific concepts but when it comes to actually being the person making those discoveries right. I, I don't want to be there I just right. want to learn about the products of someone else's hard work. <laughs> but, but, but you don't want to be making it. Yeah, I don't want to be making the discoveries. No, it's a lot of work. Like you can spend 20 years, more than 20 years of your career working on one protein and not get anywhere. Really? So you have to have a lot of resilience and I'm just too impatient for that personally. So what what kind of things are they make you try to make or research in university? Um, so my dis- dissertation project was mm. on a virus called HCMV. Um, and it's the full name is human cytomegalovirus and there was some speculation about it being linked to cancer Um, and I did some investigation on a drug called telomerase inhibitors which they actually currently use to treat cancer not very effective all the time but it was proposed that it would be really effective um, to kind of stop the viral replication so I did some Mm. research on different inhibitors to see which one works best but Mm. it's a, a guess a great area of research there's still so much that has to be done in that area so Mm. yeah (laughs) which didn't help me because it means that there wasn't kind of much to go off the back of but that's real science and I didn't really enjoy that part so but you finished it though right yeah I finished the project but um I did actually did it in Princeton because I was like if I don't like in Princeton yeah I might as well be somewhere else (laughs) wait 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 let's pull up rewinds you studied in Princeton in the states yeah so I did my um master my fourth year at university in Princeton um because 
Oxford and Princeton have an exchange program. You studied at Oxford? Yes, I did. I didn't even know this. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know this. Okay. It feels like a long time ago now, to be fair. Okay, so let's... Let, I feel like we've got so much to unpack now because you've now dropped in Oxford and Princeton and si- the science. And you're a woman of colour, right? Mm-hmm. And I... <clears throat> I remember um, reading a book. I can't remember the name of it, but it was last year. It was a book written by black girls who went to Oxford and Cambridge. I don't know if you if you've heard of it, and they they kind of spoke about their um, their experiences and their you know how much they had imposter syndrome and mm. you know how they oh, yeah. felt basically being in those type of in environments. And actually right now, my younger sister, she's really really smart, and she could get to, to go to Oxford and Cambridge, but mm. my she's not really feeling it because she feels like she's going to be alone and and everything. So what was that experience like getting into Oxford first oh. and then being <laughs> yeah. there? It, it was a journey. Um, it, I was helped halfway along, but it was... Okay, let's start from the beginning. Yeah, let, let's I start moved from to the UK when I was 12 and I missed the year six SATS exams. So I went to like just any school because my parents like she just needs to go to school right and so I went to a school called um they've changed the name now but it used to be called Eris School um and it's like one of the worst schools in the oh, Bexley Council yeah BBC actually did a documentary about my oh, school is it? That's it how was bad it that was. bad it had to be taken over by administration a grammar oh, wow. school a nearby grammar school had to kind of take control and they changed their name to rebrand and all that stuff but oh, no. yeah it was that so, was so the environment from- I was in <laughs> came from it yeah i came basically. from the, the bottom of the bottom basically. i'm guessing just based on your name you came from nigeria yes nigeria okay so yeah. and you was you born there yeah born in nigeria okay yeah. did primary school there as well okay cool so you did primary school there you came over you just went to this um school i don't know how how do we describe this school um what's what's the description but I, I don't state, say ghetto it's a state school it's a state school no um yeah it, it was just really none of the idea. teachers cared about any of us like facts um really? it, there was one class that i was in and the teacher said i don't care if you pass your exams i'm still gonna get paid like what it, they literally don't care about anything so you're just that's crazy you're for yourself which was actually good in the long run because i think it prepared me for life because i had to kind of grow up quicker because i grew up knowing that if i wanted something i had to fight for it and i knew that no, quite early on that's so. crazy because the thing is as a child imagine being around people that are meant to be teaching you and influencing you and they're yeah, saying that so true. you just think let me just in this life let me just get my money chop my money and go like and not really care about what i'm doing that's the attitude that they're trying to pass on mm-hmm. yeah it's i mean it helped me be more because i try to see the positive in things because yeah. you just don't know where life's going to take you so you yeah. just have to try and make something positive out of something negative and I think the positive thing I took out of it is I learned how to be independent quite early on because yeah. when I then went to better schools and I saw how stu- students who were babies basically baby fed stuff throughout their life couldn't actually kind of stand on their two feet mm-hmm. like I was grateful for the experience that I had it was really tough but I'm glad I had that experience because mm. it made me a better person mm-hmm. okay so when you when you went so you went to this school that was wasn't great. How long did you stay there for? And then you said you moved to other schools. So I did yes year, year eight to year eleven. I actually went to a school in year seven called BBA, which was just as bad. Okay. Um, and then I moved. I don't actually remember why I moved. I think it was a, my parents' decision. I was still like 12, 13 at the time. But okay. yeah, for whatever reason, I moved and I stayed there till year eleven. So. Okay. So then, how did you transition into eventually 
getting into Oxford? What was like, what college did you go to? What did you study? Yeah, I think yeah. the college was actually probably the biggest turning point in my life. Cause I was like, I'm, I'm not doing sixth form here. Like it's too much, like four years of being somewhere and just having to work hard for every single thing. Like it's, it, it just gets draining after a Elab- while. But elaborate, when you say you had to work hard for every single thing, you you went to a school where you didn't get much encouragement, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, it, it, it sounds like it. So what what was you working hard for? What like where did you kind of feel like it's just me, like? Yeah. So the teachers only cared up until the point of a C grade. Once you get a C grade, they kind of just forget about you. Um, so if you want to get a better grade, you have to like wait behind after class to ask for past papers right. and all that kind of stuff. And like come and meet them at lunchtime for extra lessons. Right. So because what they just care about the C grade, but I knew right. that to get to where I want to in life, I needed more than a C grade. Um, and yeah, it was just a case of just going for it constantly. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were one or two teachers that actually. Cared, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they were they were hard to find. Like, so where did that motivation and drive come from? Because I remember being in school. I'm and- Nigerian. Do you know what? I said this three times now. This counts three times this week. My I love all my friends and all people in my life, but my Nigerians they go hard. They go <laughs> hard, to, or right. they go home. <laughs> like literally. You guys are hustlers and you guys like literally inspire me like so, so much because you, I find even in workplaces as well, mm. it's a lot of Nigerians like that are in senior positions and mm. you know, I'm, I love the representation. So just shout out you guys. But Also the, the pressure of being a first generation immigrant, like my parents yeah. had to give up a lot to be here. <laughs> so it's like, I don't want to waste, let, waste yeah, I don't that. want to waste that's that. Good, that's that a pressure. good thing though. Yeah. So, so the pressure sounds like it was more so you looking at your situation and circumstances and saying, I need to do better versus your parents putting pressure on you. Or was um, it both? My parents, I mean, they put pressure like typical Nigerian parents, mm. but I think I've, I've been quite lucky in ways. So there was a lot of um, aunties, for example, that were saying, why are you studying biochemistry? Why are you not studying medicine? Like my parents oh, didn't it? care. Um, and now I've ended up not doing science yeah, yeah. at all. So I'm glad I didn't listen to them. Mm. So like, I, I have, I've had that outside pressure, but my parents themselves are just like, as long as you get good grades mm. and you're working towards a job that they think will pay bills, like they're, they're happy. They're, yeah. they're chilled. Yeah. So in, I'm, I'm guessing you sounded like, Oh, is that? <laughs> you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what is that? Sorry, <laughs> sorry, guys. Well, anyway, so that's some nice background music for you, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> but okay, so in regards to you kind of motivating yourself and studying and arts and teachers for exam papers, is there anything else for those? This is really, really for those that are raising kids or those that are still studying mm. is there anything else that you did to really be like a top of the top a star student apart from those key things what else did you do i think mindset is the most important thing because you're capable of more than you think you are um and i ha- i think i had the right mindset because i was like i'm not gonna give up i, I know i know i can do but because i when i was in nigeria i was doing quite well and then i came here it was like 
Yeah, <laughs> it was just like a drop in a lot of yeah. ways. Um, but I was really good at maths and science. The, my worst subject was English, but I think it's because I just didn't understand the mm. way English was taught in this country was different. Really, but yeah. when I started in year seven, I literally didn't learn any new concepts in my maths and science classes until I got to year 10, because I really learned all of that. In so, so, so you was like, so easy, I was like, easy, why tick, am I tick. here? <laughs> yeah, trigonometry, <laughs> ge- geography, whatever it is, that, you know, I'm making up words right now. But yeah, anything you, you had it under control. Mm. The Nigerian education system is really, really, Really? intense i don't well i've never heard of any other country that is that intense because they put you through a lot so why did your parents move to, to the uk where you, the education was better better in nigeria i think because then job opportunities after that is um oh. it's a struggle there's only kind of specific industries that are good for jobs so mm. like oil and gas politics i think just recently tech but if you're not interested in either of those it's, it's not really much, yeah. And I think creative is emerging as well in um, Africa in general. Like mm. when I say creative, <clears throat> I'm talking more so with like branding, advertising, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. all of that. Because I'm seeing more people from Africa come to the UK and apply for roles and whatever. That's just from experience. But anyway, back to you. So, what what college did you go to? How did you navigate? I went to St. Olaf's, it's um, in Orpington. It was okay. a, well, still is a state grammar school. Okay. Um, so I just applied to all the six forms that had entry exams. <laughs> and I just, oh, yeah, is it? So you put yourself on, through, under yeah, that pressure? Yeah, I remember it was around aut- late autumn of um, year 12, sorry, not year 12, year um, year 10. Yeah, year 10. I was just literally preparing for GCSEs and doing entry exams just back and forth i applied to townley beth's like all the grammar schools in my local area mm. and i just whichever one would take me i just wanted to be out of that place so really so i was like i can't i can't i can't be here otherwise i'm not gonna get anywhere in life i love that attitude are you an only child no i've got um three siblings okay older yeah. or younger i've got a younger sister and two older brothers okay so yeah. did did any of them have an influence or have you influenced any of them in any way um, my brothers have definitely influenced me because we kind of all started the same. Mm. We all had to start from like really bad schools and work mm. our way up. Um, and we all ended up going to Russell Group Universities, but mm. it was it was work. <laughs> Your parents yeah. did really did really well for all of you to go to Russell Group Universities. Yeah, and... I mean, th- yeah, they're amazing. I'm grateful for them every day because, um, yeah, my mum, for example, like she works so hard. Like she does stuff. I'm like, you don't actually need to do this. Like but, whoa. Like just being there. Like she kind of just makes sure that like the only thing I need to think about is myself. Oh, so she like takes away the burdens which is just so nice like yeah mothers do that though you know yeah it's like she doesn't have to do that at this stage of my life yeah. like i should be dealing with my burdens but I but they yeah. do even my mom she'll come around and fold my plastic bags and put them in the, and put them underneath the the sink neatly mm. and i'm like oh you're so you're trying to make my life easier when i don't really think that matters but yeah you do you know <laughs> you're always there baby no matter <laughs> oh, how no much matter. you grow you're still there exactly baby. <laughs> and you have to honestly like be so so grateful that your parents are still here as well Mm. but they were there for you growing up because throughout my my time learning and getting to know different people I understand I realized that I've actually come from a place of privilege and you've probably come from a place of privilege just having your parents no matter if you grew up rich or poor or whatever it is if you had your parents one or two whatever it is 
you're, you, you're privileged to have your parents there with you throughout whatever journey it is. Because it's, it's not, a, not everybody has that. Yeah, one of my, one of my friends unfortunately lost her mum kind of recently and she was talking about the changes that she had because she had to basically mm, be crazy. the mom because she had siblings and yeah. she was the eldest one um and yeah it's it's i'm it's very hard. grateful for that yeah. yeah so what was it like applying for oxford and when did you decide okay i'm gonna go for oxford or did you go for, did you apply for loads of universities in of, of course i applied to loads yeah. Of yeah. well yeah you did but i mean like loads it. of russell group did you just oh um uh, which university did i applied i applied to oxford you can't apply to oxford and cambridge, cambridge. oh uh, <laughs> all right all right then <laughs> yeah like you have to pick one <laughs> um and i applied to the london university so ucl kcl and imperial mm. um and then i applied to york those are my five choices okay um, I didn't actually want to be in London, but I, I just looked at the league tables, to be honest. I was like, okay, which one's good for biochemistry? And just put it there. Okay. All right. Um, so what was the process? For those that are looking to go to Oxford, and I, I guess, yeah, obviously you have to take an entry exam, didn't you? Um, it depends on the course. Okay. So, so for biochemistry, this? you don't, but everyone has to do interviews regardless of the course that you apply for. How are the interviews? When you think, when you look back at it and compare it to like work, mm. work interviews and everything, well, do you think they were quite intense or? They weren't, now I know they were not intense because okay. I actually did a whole biochemistry degree and looking back at the questions that I got asked, that was like first term or first year kind of content. But at the time, of course it was stressful because I didn't know any of that. But what did I ask you in, in those interviews? Um, it was very academic questions. I only got one question that was semi-academic, which is why do I want to study biochemistry at Oxford, which is mm. still kind of academic. But the rest of it was, so my first interview, they gave me a research paper to read the night before. And then I got loads of questions on that. And he was just kind of asking, because they kind of make up questions on the spot as well. Mm, so mm. they just go with the flow of the conversation. Mm. You mention one word and they're like, oh, so what do you know about this? So mm, it's like, mm. they don't really have a set right, right, script right. of questions. They just go go for it until the half an hour is left because interviews last for half an hour. Mm. Um, I had two interviews um, and students have either two or three interviews. Mm -hmm. Some people think that if you have three interviews, it means they're not sure, but I don't think so. Even from my experience, I actually spoke to my tutor about it when I got an offer and it was like, it just depends on what it is. If they have more questions, it doesn't necessarily mean that um, you're Mm. borderline, so. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what was that, um, I guess, I'm guessing you found that you got in on results though. I got a conditional offer in January. Okay. Um, but it was conditional on me getting, what were my grades again? I think it was A star AA um, for my A-levels. Okay. So I, yeah, I had to work hard <laughs> in January and June to make sure that I got the grades. So. And what, what did you end up getting? Um, four A-stars. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. I know this may not seem like a big deal to us adults now, but back then that was really good because... Psh, definitely did not get it for four A stars. So well done. <laughs> like that's like, again, like my younger sister, she's like on that academic level, but I guess she she feels a bit less, dis- a bit discouraged to apply for Oxford or Cambridge because of the culture difference with mm. that, that she thinks she's going to experience. I think, I think to, with that, I think there are 
strangely enough benefits to that because mm. if you it depends what you want to do career-wise i think because that's that's the that's the long-term goal you're only at university for three or four Agreed, years yeah. or six years for doing medicine you spend most of your life actually working mm. um and if you're someone that's interested in working in the corporate world mm. i think it would do you some good to prepare for that because that's what's going to happen when you start working every day, day in, day out. Because I think um, the working environment is very much, I see it as an extension of my experience at Oxford because it's basically those kind of people uh-huh, uh-huh. like in the workplace. Uh-huh. Whereas I've had, I have, I have friends that um, didn't go to a similar kind of university and they struggled to kind of adjust to that uh-huh, environment uh-huh. whereas because i spent four years with those people it's just like okay just yeah, carry yeah, on just what working. i've been doing so i think it does help depending yeah. on what you want to do um with your career do you know what i agree and i will put my hands up and i say i struggle in corporate because i and i prefer startup small creative environments and i mm. think that is based <laughs> on my um, academic backgrounds as well like I've like in the sense where all of most of my um, schools and colleges and universities were predominantly black I, th- I think they were maybe they weren't but you know <laughs> you know or, the, or, or they were very they, they weren't um, it wasn't a place where you felt like you, you had to adapt massively if that mm. makes sense they were, yeah. they were very very casual and I got a shock going into corporate <laughs> I did I was I, I did get a shock it was like and we used to always have conversations oh my gosh guys we're the only black person in the office where where we wasn't we wasn't used to it. it was like oh my gosh they do this or they talk like this and this it was it was a shock of shock, shock for us so you're right in that sense so you said that you're saying that basically in your time in in university it was like an easy it wasn't easy. It was hard because um, I had to adjust to that in first and second year of uni. Right. But okay. by the time I got to third and fourth year, I was already used to it. And then when I started the started law school and then now started working, like it's just day to day life at this point. Um, and I think the adjustment is a lot, but pretty much every industry because we're an ethnic minority, most industries are white dominated and mm, if there's mm. money in it white middle class male dominated mm. um so that that and i just everyone gravitates where the money is mm. <laughs> you know you have bills to pay so it's like if if that's the kind of environment you see yourself in then i think it helps to get used to it before just so that because i think now that i've actually started working i'm thinking about like how people get promoted and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and you kind of need to be their friend <laughs> as well like you need to view the rapport so you not only need to be able to string a conversation with them you actually need to like build a relationship with them for years mm. um and it would help if you already are kind of used to that environment don't get me wrong mm. it's definitely challenging mm. but it helps it gives you like a step uh, it makes you a step ahead i think so do you feel like you've been able to be your authentic self like your true rebecca be honest like from Oxford and also in corporate environments? No, is the short answer. Okay. But actually, I, I've thought about this a lot, actually. And I don't think anyone is go, comes to work bringing their full self. Because like, I wouldn't go, go to work dressed like this. So like I don't think anyone can ever... So that kind of makes me feel a bit better. Like, if no one else can bring their full authentic self, then that's just work life. I just see it as a professional environment. Um, and I ha- I've had, like, great conversations with people. And they're, they're, I do have, I have, like, kind of beautiful friendships. 
um, off the back of that, because I think with law, because you get to do law school, so you're studying with them for a year and a half, you already have a bit more time. So when you start working, you already know some some faces in the workplace. Mm. Um, but I've never brought 100% of me to work and I probably never will. Well, okay. So what percentage of you do you think you bring to work? 10? <laughs> <laughs> of, your, of, your true, of your true self? Um, I would... De- I, d- d- I would say probably 50%. Okay, okay. Is that draining for you or no? No, it is draining. It was draining at the start, but I'm used to it. But I think my mindset is, it's a lot to do with my mindset. I've Mm. kind of just seen it as that's the way life is. I think when you're in that mindset, you just, I've just seen it as the process of adulting. So, See, the thing is, I disagree with this, this, and uh, it's, it's an unpopular opinion that I have where I think people should be able to bring their full selves to work. Mm-hmm. Granted, I understand you work in law. So <laughs> I, I, and I, I've got a friend that works in law as well. And she says it's a very code switch environment. Like you mm-hmm. need to be able to kind of switch it up. And I come from creative and I work in like a tech company. So it's, it's probably a little bit different. So... The reason why, here's, like, my theory is, right, you're right with um, a lot of companies predominantly being, you know, white, right? And a lot of company cultures have been built around their culture. It has. Like, let's, let's, keep, let's keep it, let's be 100. A lot of companies' cultures have been built around white, white UK culture. If you, if companies genuinely want, I don't know what it's like in the law, I don't work with law, but a lot of, I know creative and tech companies, if they want people to be their best selves at work, you're going to have to let them be, I think, comfortable, just comfortable. And I need to, for me personally, I feel like I need to be comfortable with who I am and I need to be comfortable to share an opinion or to react in a way that I, I feel like reacting. Like, I don't, I don't like to fake laugh. I don't like to. Some and the thing yeah, is, I, I've mastered that. No, you, you, yeah, you, you do it. And the thing is, I, I did it at first when I first joined, when I first left university, and I said this is too tiring. So <laughs> these people at work must think sometimes like I'm miserable because I'll be, they'll be laughing and I'll be like, just a straight face. Not because I'm being rude, but it's because. I want you to know this is Alyssa's reaction. This is what she does find funny. This is what she doesn't find funny. You and you take me, take me how how I am. That's how I think personally. People get genuine respect for you, and that's when I started to thrive. When I started being myself at work, of course, I think I'm like maybe more seventy percent though. Like there's there, there's still that there's still that code switch where oh my gosh, we should do like a quick quick code switch lesson. You know, people don't know how to code switch out. At, at, work. at work like you, you know sometimes someone will quick quote it so it's someone um tells you to do something and they're not your manager and they're just telling you to do something like, you know you know get people at work that tell you to do something they're not your manager they're not they're not anyone to do with you that they, mm. they just want to boss you around and you want to politely tell them don't tell me what to do but you want to tell them in a corporate way how would you how would you say it 
I would say I don't currently have capacity. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm not sure if that's the best use of my time at this quite at this present. Just oh no, that sounds shady. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how you know. So she she's been in the code switch for longer. Me, I'd be like, I'm not sure if that's the best use of my time. <laughs> that's right what I now. wanna say, but <laughs> <laughs> Do you know do you know how many times I've written out emails and been like, hmm? sounds a bit rude <laughs> delete delete or or like what i do this there's a practice actually to emails that i do sometimes so i'll just write out exactly what i want to say then i reread it and i say oh <laughs> let me let me rejig that let me redo this and i <laughs> go on sorry no it's fine i think code switching is a skill uh, it's just one of I, i've just kind of put all of that in the bracket of adulting and getting used to the working world um because I think the people that, there's some people that say a bit too much at work and they end up being the topic of mm. gossip. So I'm worried about that in the back of my head as well. So I'm like, if yeah. I just come across as professional, if they're, you know, talking about their weekend, I tell them a bit about my weekend. I mean, even when they ask me about my weekend, I don't tell them everything that I did. Mm. Like a, a month or so ago, I got my belly button pierced and that was mm. the highlight of my weekend. Mm. And when I got to work, my supervisor, my supervisor was like, how was your weekend? I was like, oh, it was nice. I went to dinner with my friends. Like, I'm yeah, not going to yeah, tell yeah, her I yeah, got yeah, my yeah. belly button. Like, you yeah, have to yeah, filter yeah. things. So. Yeah. And the thing is, I think I agree with that. You don't don't say too much in working environments. Don't don't be putting your business out there too much. But you can still be yourself with that. So I can still say, you know, you had a good weekend, you know, I just chilled. But that's me being myself. I'm being myself. I'm just not telling you too much about me. Um, but I think what I've noticed as well, I think there's like a... Um, I'm trying to choose my words very carefully. Like, because you're Nigerian as well, I've noticed with some of my, some of my Nigerian friends that they've also been taught that... Um, like, you're so, like, you're so well-spoken, well-presented, well... I feel like it's... You, you, you've been taught about image a, like a lot and like not in a bad way in in a very i don't know if it's a cultural thing tell me if i'm wrong by the way but no, I, I, I i find agree. that yeah I, I i think personally i wouldn't if i was upset i wouldn't come to a room upset like i was speaking to someone yeah. like a, a week or so ago about this and they, they've never seen me upset i'm like why why would you see me upset like the idea of someone seeing me upset is just like really <laughs> that's of, not real though yeah why like why why does that bother you it's just i feel like once you once people see you in a certain way mm. that's it <laughs> no like you're human like that's the this is the thing like you're human, so yeah. you you so you can have reactions. Granted, like you can't be barling up the place every single day, but best believe at work if I'm pissed off, people are gonna know I'm pissed off, and you're gonna I can't hide my emotions. If I if I'm really happy about something, I'm gonna say I love that. Like that's you know if I'm grateful <laughs> for something, I'll say I'm so happy you helped me with this, and I appreciate you because I feel like people hold on will value your opinion more. That's mm -hmm. how I feel. Now you can have a completely different opinion, like. No, I, I, I agree what you're saying, but I think I've also learned how to, like someone can say something that's not funny and I can laugh for the next 10 minutes. Uh -uh. <laughs> like, how have you done that? It's just, you just have to, like, especially when you're like in work drinks. Oh, and, like, absolutely not. And like someone Take said me something. Home. Oh <laughs> like, my you have gosh. to laugh because they might think that you don't no. like them or like they might like Man. blacklist oh you gosh. or something. So you just like. The thing is, Okay, hold on, how old are you, Rebecca? 25. Okay, so you're not too far from me. I think I've got to a stage in my career where 
I don't care if you don't like me, you know. <laughs> I don't care. I know what I do care about is if you if you respect me. Mm. You're gonna respect me and you're gonna respect my opinion and my contributions because I'm good at my job and I'm constantly learning. So if I make a mistake, I can hold my hands up and be like, okay, cool, let's correct it. But you don't need to like me. I don't get because the thing is, I think that when when you try to get everyone to like you, you end up doing and saying things that's not you, like and laughing at things that you don't find funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I just don't have the energy because I, I I used I remember I used to do it a lot, and then I just thought to myself, I'm not getting promoted. It's not working. <laughs> this isn't working for me. Let me go. And the minute I started to be myself is the minute that I started to gain respect, and the minute I started to get those promotions and that's when because what I find in environments environments I've worked with is that they value difference in opinion they value people that challenge and see things that they haven't been able to spot and they don't want yes men around them that just agree and that just you know mm. um act like them I think one thing I would say is that law is probably the most hierarchical industry I know I heard of. that yeah yeah it's very different to tech I think with tech from what I've heard it's like very casual you can just mm. speak to your manager yeah you, know, you can't do that with law you That's can't crazy. speak out turn. so it's, when you're in that environment every day you just kind of learn to like even there's some socials where trainees are not invited and it's just, really just yeah so, you can't you can't speak out of turn so code switching <laughs> at work right um let me do like another one how you would do it because I could probably even learn a thing or two. <laughs> um, if you have been asked to join a meeting that you that you can't be able to join, you genuinely can't be able to, to join it because you don't think it's going to be a value to you. So it's, it's just a pointless meeting. Do you have those in, in law or do you not have those? Because we have those. Where you just, oh, you mean pointless meetings? Like, yeah. yes, there are sometimes there's those meetings that, I've, that you've been invited to. Not now, mm-hmm. <laughs> workplace, <laughs> in the past, <laughs> where, where I'm like, I don't need to be here. Like, there's no, I don't feel like this is, you know, a meeting I need to be in. What would you, would you just attend or would you just? Um, You always have the option of, just listening virtually a lot of the time but if it's in person you you just have to attend i mean there's a lot of meetings where i haven't said anything but really? i still have to be there um because i think with law it's quite i mean of course other industries but law is quite competitive so there's always someone trying to take your spot really <laughs> yeah How though? Like, is, is there not enough room well. for everybody at the table no, it's a triangle what? yeah there's what do you mean explain this please so they have to... a lot of people uh, they have a lot of trainees okay and then they have like much less associates much less senior associates and very few partners right. so they need people to to leave so like you're really? always consciously thinking oh if i don't do this the other associate would do it right. and they'll they'll like build a best relationship and blah 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 and i've been in situations where people of course of course kind of just bitching about each other but it's because they're in direct competition with each really? other and not everyone's going to get promoted to a senior associate and very few people get promoted to a partner so and there's there's always someone there like if you don't want to do the work there'll someone there'll be someone there to reply the email saying i'll do it right. there's people that take pride in working till 3 a.m every day constantly right. i was actually having a conversation with um someone at work um and like we're just talking about all the trainees that just kind of they the the training culture of just kind of working hard and hard and hard and when you're in that environment every day you feel like you have to give a hundred percent which is why people leave because they feel like you know they, they need to have a life mental health is important but that i think that 
starts to happen after a few years. So like three years PQE, apparently <laughs> loads of people just leave because they've realized they haven't kind of achieved much, but come in and out of work every day. Cause when you're in the environment, you're made to feel like this is the only thing that matters really? in your life. Even saying no to work socials, you kind of have to is be careful it? around that. Yeah. That's crazy. It's because there's so many people that want your spot. So we're all very replaceable. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so what was it? How, how did you get into being a trainee solicitor? Like, what was that process like? Yeah, so I it was pretty much like a job application. But with law and I think other industries as well, you have internships. Mm-hmm. But we call them vacation schemes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually pretty short, which is nice because you get to have a... A nice summer because yeah. um, I know with banking it takes up the whole the yeah. whole summer and that's it. Um, but yeah, I did a couple of VAC schemes during the summer of twenty eighteen. Um, different firms have different policies, so with my firm, pretty much everyone gets a training contract at the end. Um, okay. Whereas with other firms, they only offer it to half a training oh, contract wow. is a job offer basically. Um, the US firms tend to be more kind of Rigid. brutal than uk firms is very cutthroat and competitive but i think that's us working culture in general but they get paid more like almost double the so salary. so is there a time limit that you can be a trainee solicitor is so, yeah it's a t- two years and then you either get and then you moved or yeah I th- yeah depending on the firm if it's a us firm definitely more kind of brutal they have less spaces because i think they like to hire associates from uk firms then keep their own sometimes for whatever reason but okay well helps you then <laughs> yeah it helps me yeah. but i don't want to be in a us firm personally it's too too much too much hard work because i think work-life balance is important or as much as you as you can get from it anyway yeah um so yeah that's it's 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 a very cutthroat environment so you're always thinking at the back of your head you have mm. to kind of give more and give more and give more mm. and if you i have to like mentally stop myself sometimes and, mm. and say you know what i'm i'm gonna go home because socials don't last till 8 p.m they last mm. till 1 a.m mm. you know mm. like I'm, I'm, what am i gonna say you're gonna pay for my uber or mm. so it's like yeah you have to do you yeah. know what it's so it's it's such a it's interesting that you're you're saying this because I'm I'm thinking about what you're saying and you providing context around um, the fact that there's limited spaces for people at the top and you just having to almost like a game it's a kind game. of thing it's not like <laughs> like I feel like it's like a game and I understand now I understand the fifty percent bring yourself thing in mm. this type of environment versus you know other environments that might be creative or tech or whatever where it's less so like that. Um, do you have any regrets getting into this industry? Would you would you prefer to be in something else where you can be a bit more free, lax, get paid a bit less? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no. I think... <laughs> She's after the money. Money, 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 money. No, I mean, money is important. You have to pay bills, you know. Um, but I think so far it's been okay. But I think with every step up, I'm going to have to work harder with my life to make sure that, like... I'm still doing the things that I enjoy and working. I don't know what decision I'll make then, but right now it's okay. Okay, so who is Rebecca? Like, give me some, give us some real you, like, behind the trainee solicitor, you know, Oxford graduate, (laughs) Princeton, even Princeton as well, we didn't even touch on that. How was that? It was an amazing experience. I wish I actually applied to do my undergrad in the US. education system there is just so so different to uk uk is very academic um 
in Oxford, it, it would be okay to say I've studied all day. Whereas in Princeton, if you said you spend all day studying, like no one want to talk to you. It was really? that kind of environment. Like everyone was actively encouraged to like do stuff outside of work. That's and like people would like, hold, yeah, they would like wear their t-shirt for the dance group that they're in with yeah. Pride. So everyone knows when they're in a yeah. locker that they're part of this and part of that. So it was like a very different environment, which yeah. I really enjoyed. Did you make some lifelong friends there? Yeah, because I was worried that once I come back, <laughs> that's the end. Yeah, yeah. But actually, a lot of them have come to the to London and one of them came to London to do a master's actually. So, And I'm going to Ghana in December with oh, two friends that I made in the US. So nice. We're going to see yeah. each other out there, girl. Oh, wicked. Yeah, I'm really excited. So it's actually like friendship for life. Like, yeah. I mean, Instagram and social media makes the world feel so much smaller yeah, that you just... Yeah. You stay connected. Yeah. Do you know what? I remember when I... So I just study abroad as well. Was it in Princeton though? I was in San Jose. And um, I met someone there that... Uh, a friend. <laughs> not, a, not a partner. <laughs> the person it was like very romantic. But um, someone there that has literally become family to the point where their sister's actually now in the UK. Their older sister. Um, and just literally just spending time with us. Like she's she stayed with my family without me being there. You know, that's real love. Like when she can come over and be with my family without me even having to be there. Like I've made like a lifelong friend from, um, and I've made a whole new family from going to San Jose as well. So yeah, I can understand you making life for friends at Princeton. Um, so kind of, okay, so kind of to move on a little bit then about you, cause I wanted to know you, you. So you mentioned that was you going to Ghana. So I'm guessing you like to, you like to party a little Sorry. bit. You like to party a little bit. <laughs> what else? What else can you tell us about about you and anything you wouldn't share usually that you're allowed to share? Because just in case anyone sees this from the law firm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just in case. So we have to share a little bit, but we have to be careful. Um, I think I I love traveling as well. I actually run a travel club. Um in my spare time so um it's specifically for black girls and we do like meetups in london and trips abroad so our next trip is to morocco which is really exciting um i my one of my new year's resolution this year was to be more sporty (laughs) yeah i used to be sporty at uni but i think when we had lockdown i i went on walks like every evening okay um and then now it's just nothing's really happening but yeah it's gonna i'm gonna get a move on with that because someone actually called me out about this last oh, week is it? Well, yeah i spoke to her like last november about how i want to go to the gym more and like i met up with her for the first time um last week and she was like have you started going to the gym <laughs> like oh, everyone's just looking oh. at me like okay oh dear so, yeah i need to go to the gym get, <laughs> get a gym buddy is, um, yeah because i was like you should like keep me accountable and she actually did keep me accountable okay. it was just funny um but yeah i i actually joined football recently but football. i've only been once so. what, what, female football <laughs> yeah female football in um, training solicitor rebecca <laughs> fancy fancy get fanciness is going football yeah, because I, I, I think with, with law, you, you do get time off depending on the department. So I like to joke around and say that I'm going for the work-life balance seat. So like with your training contracts, you do four seat rotations and you have to qualify in one of those four. And I'm only What does that mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. What does that mean? For people that are like, what, what is four seat qualifications? What is that? So it depends on the department, the law firm, sorry. Um, so if you do six months each in a seat 
Um, different law firms have different requirements. The SRA, um, which is the body that regulates um, solicitors in the UK, also have their own requirements. But with my law firm, you have to do um, three seats um, in three distinct areas of law and you have to do a banking corporate or an ICMC you have to do two of those mm-hmm. but it varies for different firms and it just depends on what makes them their money so if you're applying to a, a big litigation law firm they're probably going to say litigation is compulsory because right. they want most people to qualify into the department that's biggest right, in their okay. department because it's like my cohort, cohort for example there's a lot of people that want to go into litigation mm. but my firm is not a litigation law firm that mm. they hardly kind of take trainees on in litigation, which means that some of them are going to have to qualify in banking or corporate ICM or right, leave, so, which affects um, trainee retention because it's one of the top reasons why trainees leave a law firm is because they didn't get a job in a department that they wanted to qualify into. And once you qualify there, that's it for the rest of your life. You can't switch from being a banking lawyer to a litigation lawyer because it's just different mm. areas of law so Mm-mm. it's that's more important than being in that particular law firm so people leave oh yeah. that's that's the this is so much information that that <laughs> yeah lawyers lawyers are i literally knew nothing i remember when i started i didn't watch the news <laughs> which is quite funny because the buzz one of the biggest buzzwords in law is i mean i watched the news yeah, but it yeah. wasn't like it the kind of news yeah, that yeah, i should yeah. be watching yeah. um like commercial awareness like which company is taking over this why is this company taking over that so i just started watching the news like just yeah you just get used to it. and there's like loads of different resources out there there's Finimize, for example, mm. and they send weekly, um, sorry, daily updates mm. on the biggest commercial news stories, and you can just read through that. And it's like really short, bite-sized information. Mm. Um, Bright Network has their own commercial awareness update, but that's on a weekly basis. So I just kind of subscribe to all of those types of things. And there's also organisations that support um, students of ethnic minorities as well, like okay. Rare Recruitment, um, Aspiring Solicitors, and SEO London. Um, very, <laughs> I literally wouldn't have got a training contract really? with them because they literally went through all of my applications, back and forth, reviewing and editing each application when I got interviews, mock interviews. They helped you. Really, just... Did I you pay them? them? No, it was free. <laughs> it was That's free. amazing. I know. It was actually amazing, amazing support. And even when you get the VAC scheme, mm. they, they had like a day where they were just talking about how to make a good impression, mm. how to convert a VAC scheme to a training contract offer. Because when you're doing a VAC scheme, obviously everyone's going to watch you because mm. they want to make sure that um, you're the kind of person that they would want to hire. So you're yeah. basically in a two-week-long interview, which can be draining because you feel like any little thing that you do, your supervisor might tell HR and they might decide not to offer you a yeah, job. And yeah, So it's yeah. actually very... I think that was harder than the actual interviews because with the actual interviews, it was two half an hour long interviews and I could go home. Yeah, <laughs> Whereas yeah. now I'm here for two weeks and I feel like I'm being constantly watched. Yeah, so yeah. that That's was a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. And you're, and you're young as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's life. Uh, I don't know. I think I've, my mindset's kind of changed over time to just accepting that life gets harder. So it makes me feel less scared about life getting harder because I've mentally accepted that's you. just the way it is. I feel you. And you know what? I love that mentality. I love that mentality. When you just think, do you know what? This is a part of life. This is what I've got to deal with. This is what it is in front of me. I'm going to just tackle it and get on with it. Then mm. you then you do. And then you start to, I think you start to um, almost learn new things about yourself. You learn about your new capabilities and maybe potentially new interests or new things that you, you wouldn't have known had you not pushed yourself 
you know, in that uncomfortable space. Mm-hmm. So um, that's like, I'm, like that's good for you. Like, I think that you're doing great. I definitely <laughs> don't know if I can, can put myself after saying that. Uh, there in are, that pressure. Honestly, there are. I don't want anyone to feel scared about going into law. There are obviously benefits to going into law. And there's a lot of people actually that want to go into law for a few years and do something else afterwards because it looks great on their CV and yeah. it's like a stepping stone. So definitely recommend like if like going to law you're going to learn so much you're going to grow so much you can learn so much about yourself but the main thing is like don't lose yourself in it because it's very easy to do that yeah so you say so outside of work you're still rebecca you're still you Mm, i'm still i think it's because there's a lot of people that i've met in law that are not grounded they don't actually know how the world works, works right um they make silly statements and like right. clearly up, up and yeah. Like, yeah, yeah um so i think it's really important to make sure that you you have you know your friends outside the corporate world i think having friends outside the corporate world is really important because yeah. it makes you feel more normal you know you yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah. be having the same conversation over and day. over yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, you, need, you need variance you yeah need differences. you need variety you yeah. do you do so whilst we've got like a like a nice nice last 10 minutes I think it is I want to talk to you about Gapwiz because you're the founder of it and I didn't even realize that the founder of Gapwiz was in our group because I've been I've been um I've seen it around I'm like this is such a great initiative such a a great company so how how did you get get it started and just tell us a bit more about Gapwiz yeah so Gapwiz um is a careers platform that supports um many undergrad students and recent graduates work opportunities um, and it started during lockdown because there was just lack of opportunities. Um, so companies that normally offered internships weren't offering them anymore because everyone was struggling, really. Um, so it started off as a newsletter to hopefully make it easier for students to access opportunities. Um, and there's also that bigger kind of focus on international opportunities because it's something that I I love traveling. Mm. I've been to... How many countries are 27? Uh, <laughs> at 25. She's gone to more. That's that's over. That's more than one country a year of your life, including when you were Yeah, and born. there's two more coming this year as well. There's two more. What's the two more this year? Ghana and Morocco. Ghana and Morocco. Yeah, I feel okay. like I, sh- I need to go to one more country just so I can hit 30. <laughs> no, sis. Sis, sis be making her Oxford and, Oxford and Princeton money for her to be going to 27 no, countries. No, honestly, people think I've spent money. I don't spend my money no because a lot of the trips that i've what's the secret <laughs> what is the secret there <laughs> i don't spend that much money because a lot of the trips that i've done is like studying abroad princeton yeah that was like sponsored and because i got funding from my department for my dissertation i could go to french guyana and the caribbean martinique after that that um experience and also i went to china to teach english and yeah. they um it's you get money for that and you get That's free amazing. accommodation you just whiz past that I mean, yeah so i was like <laughs> i went to china to teach english and yeah okay that was that's a massive big thing when did you do that um it was summer of 2018 that's amazing. no sorry 2019 so just the last summer before lockdown yeah i went to china and then they gave me so much money that i had like money left over to go to japan oh, and south oh. korea <laughs> so okay, i wasn't yeah. spending my she money had so much, she had so much money i had some left over <laughs> you have to master the art of like getting other people to like pay for your travel and i think if if you're doing me i call it meaningful travel mm. so it's like studying abroad working abroad intern abroad mm. if you're doing any of those things whoever got you there will give you because they give funding even with my firm whenever you're doing a secondment 
they give you more money because they think that because you're abroad you need more money mm. to like get stuff. but you don't actually need that much money so you actually have like money to do other things yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah and obviously like live within your means like yeah don't yeah. be breaking it back to yeah <laughs> don't go to the expensive yeah. restaurants because you're yeah. not cash so. yeah, yeah yeah just you know hang out with the locals enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the country <laughs> um so gap with so how do you um, partner up with companies to get internships? Like, how does that work? Yeah, so we it's basically just kind of reaching out and vice versa. I think what's what's been great recently is like people like done posts on LinkedIn, and then I get a message on LinkedIn from someone else. I'm like, oh, I saw this post from this person, and I'm also looking for an intern. I'm like, great, I don't need to do anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's literally just kind of reaching out because we had to do a lot of reaching out at the start. Um, but I think what's great about it is that. If, if they like the interns and they like the experience and vice versa... They come back to you. They come back to you because they, they just don't want to go so, to anyone So else. So, how, so first of all, you said we. Do you have a team behind you as well? Yeah, so we're all recent grads um, oh, and there are a couple of that. uni students as well. I love <laughs> but, that. Yeah. So did you reach out to them or are they, are they just your friends that you've worked with? Or? Um, it's a mixture of both, um, yeah. Yeah? Okay, so when you approach companies and say, look, so the first time you approach companies, never you yeah. never worked with them before. What's your pitch to them? Oh, it depends on the because we started during lockdown, so yeah. a lot, pretty much everything was over on Zoom. So I had a like three minute pitch. Oh, do you want to say? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, don't yeah, actually yeah. remember what I used to say. Just now, like just like a rough one. So <laughs> so pretend. Let's pretend that you want to yeah. get interns in Black Crate Connect. Let's pretend. So yeah. we're having a conversation. Um. Yep. Yeah, so Rebecca, how? How do you work? How does your business work? How, how are you going to help me? Oh, what do I... Because so I haven't now. done this in a while because now it's like in-person network. Okay, we're in-person. We're okay. networking. <laughs> Come on. So I, I would like introduce her. Oh, yeah, I'd say, you know, Gapwiz is a community of students um, and we're run by... I, th- I think they like the fact that we're run by like students and recent mm. grads. So mm. it makes them feel like, oh, more students. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I always put that in. Um, I'll talk about, you know, the support that we offer for students. So we do like seminars, Q&A sessions, CV mm. workshops, um, collaboration events. Um, I also mentioned the other companies that we've worked with as well, because they mm. usually say, oh, I'm looking for a graphics design intern, for example. Like, oh, mm. great. We've already done. done, done yeah. That. So they feel like they're in good hands. Okay. Um, and and then I talk up straight away. They want to know how many students you have in your network um, and like percentages of like students and all that kind of stuff mm. um and what else do i say oh our industry focus areas yeah what, that's, which that's are tech finance law life sciences or healthcare and okay. the arts okay um that's really important um because sometimes you're looking for an intern in a particular area i'm like yeah no. but <laughs> how how cool. do you verify that your interns are going to be decent Oh, so they, there's an application form, so they submit okay. their CV, write application essay. There's also interviews as well. Okay. Um, sometimes we help out with the shortlisting, sometimes we don't. It just depends on the company's preference. So, like, mm. there's a whole process up before the application. Sorry, after the application, that just means that by the end, it's like... So, yeah. so in regards to the profitability of the like, actual gap wheels and everything, is it from the company? The companies just pay you to get them interns, basically, in short... Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not something that I intended on doing full time. It's I see it more as a passion project, if mm, that makes sense. Mm, mm, mm. But we do have 
costs it costs money to run websites. Of course, <laughs> you know? of course, yeah. So yeah, I do charge for that. <laughs> yeah, no, but the thing is, you, it's okay. I think your passion can pay you too, mm-hmm. and that's completely okay. It's fine. Um, so yeah, I love I love what you're doing. I'm guessing is it is it mainly from ethnic minorities or is it for all types of? Um, it's for all technically. Um, but our network has just worked out to be mainly ethnic minorities and we're an all female team which I I love that yeah I did I I had that on purpose I'm like I've never seen an all female team anywhere so like this is this is our space so we're gonna do that so (laughs) yeah what so what have the what the challenges been kind of with Gapwiz or there's been a lot of challenges <laughs> yeah I, there's challenges every day <laughs> yeah. like but i think that's part of the process because you learn you make mistakes you move. i think that's one thing that it's taught me a lot is like getting used to just making mistakes and getting back up again so like just building your resilience because if if you're growing you're doing something new and you're yeah. gonna make mistakes you just it's fine you just give us going. an example i like i like depth give us an, mm-hmm. something that you can say if you can't say it just say you can't say it because it's too personal but we like yeah. depth okay i'm trying to think of a, a good example <laughs> a good, i think when when we started so last year we had an ambassador program mm. and i've never done that before so a master program an ambassador program ambassador, so we okay. had like student ambassadors okay. um and I was saying, okay, you're gonna have a mentorship program. We're gonna do this. We're gonna have discounts. All that. I don't yeah. know how um, we're gonna do yeah, any yeah. of this, but, but it's gonna but happen. Out there in the universe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was a huge learning curve, and I was in law school at the time, and literally my weekends were just like, okay, like I just had to kind of just say this needs to happen this week, next week this needs to happen, and just stick to it. Like really stick to my goals mm. because I'm gonna fall behind very quickly if I don't. Because mm. when sometimes I speak to people and I'm like, oh, I just write something down and I make it happen, and they're like, how can you just write it down in it? I'm like, you have once to it vis- goes into this diary, to, it has to happen. To. Like you yeah. just have to get into that mindset. Yeah. But that was a huge learning curve. Um, mm. Also, getting the students to to become ambassadors because mm. i think as you as you grow up it was because i'd already graduated so i wasn't necessarily mm. in the student network myself if mm. that makes sense so mm. i had to kind of put in more work mm. and use kind of different avenues to what i would have done if i was currently a student which is great because i'm like okay it's fine so next year i know what to do because mm. because you so i think with a lot of student organizations when the founder's a student in some ways it's easier because they're already there mm. <laughs> but when you're like out of that environment it's like you have to be more creative but in the long term it's great because you know you already know what to do and you can kind of teach other people to do it as well because you can just be like okay can you do this like you actually have something because you don't want it to be that if you're not there nothing gets done yeah exactly so yeah i think that's that's also important um so how do you so you work at the training center time you do this on the side and you travel as well. Do you have t- like? Do you have time? I sleep. So? I promise, I sleep. <laughs> you do. I yeah, six to seven hours. I try. <laughs> I don't believe you. And you're still so chirpy and so. To be honest, i my it's my cheeks. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've had these cheeks like since I was like born. So I think that every time people like talk about me, it's always my cheeks because I just uh, they're just too big, you know. <laughs> like, well, I think you're destined. Well, you are doing greatness as well, but I feel like you're someone special. Mm. 
Like, I genuinely feel like you're destined for, like, amazing things. I, I can see you being a Forbes 30 under 30. Oh, gosh. You know, like, I'm putting it out there into the universe. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're so ahead of your time. And I haven't known you for long, Rebecca, but obviously I'm proud of what you're doing and the influence you're having on other young black women as well. Keep it up. Like, I love it. Yeah, honestly, I think... It's our job to make it easier for the future generation. There's so much that literally, I've literally been like, once I hit a certain certain age, I need to focus on giving back and less of myself yeah. because where are we gonna take this to? We're gonna take exactly. all this to our grave. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, everyone exactly. dies at some point. So exactly. I think giving back is so so important because you just wasted all exactly. that knowledge and on, like exactly. yeah, I agree. I and agree. everyone has to take care of their own as well because mm. I. I think who's going to care more about black women than black women exactly. themselves? I don't think so. Exactly. So. Exactly. Well, that's why you've got gap and that's why I've got Black Create Connect because it's all about, you know, connecting each other, mm. trying to expand opportunities and, yeah, just seeing how we can we can grow together as well, you know. Mm. Um, but just thank you, by the way, for for coming on at the show today. The show? <laughs> <laughs> this, is a, this is a show. This is a podcast. <laughs> the show, you know. Um, thank you so much. I really, really... I know it's been a long time coming because from the shoot, I was like, yeah, I need to get you on. And you've actually come. And thank you because a lot of people might say, yeah, 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 I'll do it, I'll do it, but not follow up. So I really appreciate it. No worries. I'm always, anything careers, like I know the struggle, so I'm always happy to support. And if there's anyone interested in law that's listening to this, feel free to drop me a message. Like I'm always happy to help as well. Okay, so on that last note, how can people find you? I'm everywhere, apart from TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> What's the app? Spill it out for us. Instagram, LinkedIn, website, wherever it is, just plug yourself. Yeah, so my Instagram is, if you just search up my name, Rebecca Daramola, I'll show up. Um, or my at is Bex9808. The number doesn't actually mean anything. It's just Bex was taken. So I had to add a number at the end. Um, LinkedIn, Rebecca Daramola. Facebook, Rebecca Daramola. Um, Gapwiz? Gapwiz, www.gapwiz.com. Okay. Um, and we're also on all socials, Gapwiz as well. And how can any anyone that's intern, like, should I just apply online for anything that they see? Or Yeah, so we post everything on our um, social media so LinkedIn and Instagram and also our newsletter and you can get onto that via our website perfect well thanks so much for coming on the show today and have a good rest of the day (laughs) all right then thank you guys see you in the next episode